Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Eric. And this week we dive headlong into Ridley Scott's latest biopic, a look at the uh, French Emperor Napoleon. Uh, I'm sure they had some high hopes that this would be an awards bait film. Uh, it clocks in at about two hours and 40 minutes, has Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby, has some huge set pieces, comes from Ridley Scott, had a huge marketing campaign. And if you saw the trailer, you probably saw the best aspect of the film, which is where they make it look like it might be interesting. Uh, I did not love this one, Eric. Did you like it any better than me? Nope. I, uh, it happened to me. This is the most neutral you'll probably ever see me on a movie because I wasn't invested enough to care whether certain aspects were good or bad for what they were. Did you walk around uh, here with that is. look on your face? Here he is, yes. Here is the man who decided... I really want to know who Ridley Scott's original choice was. Because according to the Wikipedia page, which, as you stated, has about as much depth as the movie, um, there is another choice he had in mind for the actor until he saw Joker and thought Joker, like, wow... This is, he's going to be Napoleon. I mean, I and, like this movie slightly more than Joker, which I hate with every fiber of my being. So <coughs> I, didn't, I guess I, maybe I, an improvement. I didn't know how you felt about, uh, about Joker, but I know that the idea of an eccentric might have uh, been appealing, but the idea of someone who's going to like, chew the scenery and camp it up and 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 do some things like i mean there are times when i laughed the boat line i laughed you know but like also why am i laughing is this a story i'm supposed That's to be laughing thing. at i don't really think they were intending to play any of it for com comedy i think it accidentally comes off campy and that's the real problem like mm -hmm. if you would have leaned into one or the other so i i gave it a a solid thumbs down. If you saw my letterbox review, it was that there were some epic battle sequences, which there were. There's some really epic set pieces. That, set pieces. Yeah, set pieces. But it was all in service of a story that has the depth of a Wikipedia page. I don't know any more about Napoleon. In fact, I might know less about Napoleon now after seeing this film. He's a guy that that rose from being a kind of middle ranks Gunnery officer sergeant. from yeah. a not great background to being emperor of France and conquering half the known world. That re is reflected, you know, they at the end, they tell you they still teach his his techniques at all the major military academies. This film does nothing to give you any insight into what made him a brilliant tactician, which is something they just offhandedly refer to several times. And because they won a lot of battles, you have to assume he was good. But I mean, nobody rises that far up and gets that much power and sustains it for that long and is beloved by the people for without cause. And they gave you no cause. Yeah. And I thought, honestly, I, I chalk that up sometimes to me just thinking I miss things because this happened, this, this feeling happens to me sometimes with Ridley Scott, but I, I want to stick on that point that the battle, the battles are, are very well directed 
set pieces often in one or two locations with some sort of iconic design to it. They are not crafted battle sequences where, like you said, you see the ingenuity of him as a tactician and you see moves and progress and back and forth. This isn't, this isn't a movie where that is about the battles. The battles just like are sort of waves that come along through the movie where you're like, Oh, there's blood for a while. And I thought that was the entire point of why Napoleon is historically significant is his conquest. But this movie is all about uh, sex. And I mean, not even really adequately though. I mean, no, (laughs) that so a criticism I would have is there. I could not name a single character outside of Napoleon and Josephine. They don't have enough depth for you to even name any of them to even figure out who they are. The closest I'd come is telling you that Rupert Everett was in this film and got somehow third high billing, even though as far as I can tell, unless I missed something earlier, he's in it for about 10 minutes. And he's an English dude who basically lucks out because he had Napoleon outnumbered like eight to one. Not because he was good, because he certainly destroyed his own army too he looked more relieved than excited when when that was over but they don't give you any depth of napoleon and josephine either i don't really understand what their appeal was to one another what you were supposed to know about her why you know you know the letter that they were writing are not very good yeah there's an over four hour apparent director's cut that's supposed to uh because what, what you need for a long, slow, and boring film is to see an even longer, slower, and more boring film. I yeah. Unless he's got, like, the Batman versus Superman touch where all that they edited out was actual plot, I don't yeah. see this improving. I'm sure it's much longer, more graphic battle sequences. Well, some, of, some of that was fairly graphic. I mean, I don't know if I needed 20 minutes of watching men and horses drown in the ice water which that <sighs> part i thought was a clever but they, they don't really even explain how clever he was and then at the end when he's making peace only one of the other leaders comes and he doesn't seem that bummed about it and i'm like that feels like a problem he i i can't get over this set piece because... or when he like sniffed the egyptian in a coffin I'm, what the <laughs> what the actual even the look on his officer's faces when they're like, what is he doing? That was also the look on my face. And I'm like, this is taking five minutes to watch him go up there, find something to stand on so that he can, what, sniff a sarcophagus? And then tell him to close it back up so he can drive home to confront his I... cheating wife and ultimately take the blame for it? I mean... I just, I I don't know. I I saw the trailer for this movie and I saw that set piece where they were like, oh no, we're standing on ice. And, and I was like, I'm, I, I didn't feel like that. That was impressive. I was like, wait, this is supposed to be about Napoleon. Like the battle tactician is the big, is a big smart thing. He did that. Another company of people just didn't know where a, a lake was. Like, well, I, I mean, if you're actually watching that, he pushed them into that area and then drowned them. Well, the, I know, but I'm saying the way that it was built in the trailer makes it look like 
everyone is charging forward and they're like, oh no, it's ice. That's the and thing. The one thing you would say that's somewhat positive about Napoleon is he he's still considered a brilliant tactician. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing about this movie that gives you any insight or you know, most of the time he just walks up there and like waves his hand and plugs his ears while he's shooting the cannons. And yep. like his rise to power, you get the idea he had some kind of a brilliant plan to attack that fort, but they never really tell you what the plan was. It doesn't look particularly brilliant in the way they execute it. And then his other thing that got him the power was turning the cannons on his own people. But yet he was a yeah. beloved figure in in France, why? Uh, you know, <laughs> and, the, the, and the first set piece, the most that I got from it was that uh, most of the British like strength was in their ships offshore. And that if you could take... Yeah, if you took the fort wait. and turned the guns on them. Yes. They talked about some kind of like special fire round he created, but they don't really explain right. it. There was and one I wasn't shot entirely it, like, sure how it, how it was being used. And how did that help, the, you know, the element of surprise, I guess? Or it, they really made it look like the way he took the fort was because the British didn't take them seriously at all and were kind of dicking around in the fort and not ready to be attacked. Yeah. I don't know if that belies you know great strategy necessarily you know what I and there are other tell... things in the film which have been completely challenged historically like that he fired on the pyramids as a means of cajoling the egyptians into apparently he didn't fire on the pyramids uh he was that's nine the, miles like, away from them that's the only like sequence you get in them showing yeah. him conquering egypt yeah one well, of their the goals pyramids, was actually they, they gave up yeah. 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 So I, I can't tell why the movie was made. Blew up a pyramid, I, I, there's something about Napoleon. This is, so this was co-produced by Apple. And this is one of the big, there were two big kind of theatrical pushes for Apple, which became the first streaming service to win best picture when Coda won a couple of years ago. And I've long defended Apple as being probably the best streaming service. They have some incredible programming. This is the first thing that they've heavily attached their name to that made me doubt the quality of their decision making. It's that bad, you know, and you threw tons of money into this, not only into making it, but marketing it. And I think also it's probably a good transition to talk a little bit about Ridley Scott, who for 50 years has been making films and has made some breathtaking classic films i mean he's the man that first gave us alien which was pretty revolutionary at the time back in the 70s blade runner um you know we probably haven't wanted to revisit it as much as he has with the 27 versions that he's made of the film but that was pretty remarkable and even in the early 90s him and his brother tony scott making a lot of films but recently he's made nothing but kind of biopic stories you know, he made All the Money in the World, which was that kidnapping <laughs> story that was a fraught production, obviously, because he originally cast Kevin Spacey at a time when that was never going to work out. And you could tell the Christopher Plummer working in didn't work out. That movie was terminally awkward. And it followed an FX miniseries that covered the same material better just prior to its oh. release. So that didn't 
work out for him. And then, you know, in 2021, he had two pretty high profile projects. I actually kind of liked The Last Duel. Um, that's a movie that understood doing some campy performances because there's no other way to describe Ben Affleck's performance than campy. And he was probably one of the most fun characters in that film. And then House of Gucci, which I can only assume they were trying to make campy, but that doesn't that doesn't work at all. I mean, that Jared Leto accent and look was a choice, not a choice any of us should have ever had to see. Uh, Al Pacino uh, is a wonderful actor that I, I don't know what he's doing in there. Lady G was okay, but I wouldn't call that oh, a good she... performance. I, I really liked Lady Gaga in that, but it is really hard to look at just her performance and her, her and Adam Driver did have some solid chemistry like that. That mm. I was so invested in them. I don't know if they that when the movie chemistry. kept straying away from them and not paying attention to them, and the movie was just just not about. And the the, the two of them as people, I guess, like it's it's so bizarre of a story to tell because you couldn't necessarily like i mean it's a true story of a horrible thing that happened and there's like details you can piece together of what really happened but nobody is coming out forth with the full story it's not based on somebody's uh memoir or something like that you know it's it's just like it's supposed to be this big tragic rise and fall of of gucci and it just comes across as I guess that was probably more of my issue. I don't know exactly what story they were trying to tell us with that. Uh, you're right. It was billed as something a lot more epic. And of the, his two movies that were released that year, that was supposed to be the big award swing. And I just mm. didn't really feel it. Now he's, he's supposedly going back to making yet another um, alien sequel. Uh, which that's been splitting his time seemingly between some of these high profile biopic pictures and making additional, you know, he directed Prometheus and then Covenant and now we're supposed to get yet another one and they've been okay, but I don't really know how I feel about that. It's just, you start, this is kind of the point in time where you start to wonder what somebody's overall legacy is going to be. Every director has one or two, bad films. I mean, I love Steven Spielberg, but he's made some movies where you that are head scratchers, but I don't feel like they all consistently end up there. And when I was looking at the last 20 years from Ridley Scott, there's not uh, much in the way of bangers on that list. Yeah. Yeah. The early 2000s was like the last huge swing from him with, um, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, Matchstick Men, Gladiator, Kingdom of Heaven, which is like infamous for its director's cut being like a night and day different movie than the theatrical cut. Well, maybe so. Maybe that gives credence to doing the director's cut of Napoleon. I don't know. I I didn't think Kingdom of Heaven was that bad. I loved Gladiator. I actually liked The Martian. That was probably the last of his films that I enjoyed. But coming off of of a, it was an adaptation of a novel, which actually was pretty good and. I just really liked Matt Damon in there. They had a really good cast. And like I said, I didn't mind The Last Duel, but you're right. I, I enjoyed Black Hawk Down when it came mm -hmm. out. I thought that was a pretty well-made film. I don't... I forgot he made Hannibal. 
Yeah, that was kind of a forgettable. Like, you know, Gary Oldman, woo, he's interesting and he's in a lot of makeup, but the rest of it, no. Yeah, well, and I think he made that Robin Hood with Russell Crowe. As soon as they couldn't get Jodie Foster back, you knew Hannibal was going to be a step back. Yep, yep, yep. Julianne Moore's a fine actress, but (laughs) just wasn't quite right. I just think Alien, Blade Runner, and Matchstick Men are the only movies of his that I have outright fully enjoyed without an asterisk there. And like, I know I'm not in the minority when it comes to movies like Gladiator, but um, you know, like I, I enjoy Prometheus, but there's a huge, but there's huge problems with that movie. Like I, I, there's nothing wrong with making like a flawed movie and it's nothing wrong with swinging for the fences. If your thing at least comes out to be interesting, but when it comes up as like, Empty and confusing as House of Gucci and Napoleon. Like, what are we, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I was going back to look. I guess 1990s, I don't see a lot. It looks like he made a lot of music videos, which was interesting. And, and we don't we... talk about Exodus, Gods and Kings. That was a pretty. So maybe he's always been more hit and miss than anything. Because I'm looking at this like The Counselor. That was had an incredible cast, and I still have no idea what that movie was about. I kind of liked American Gangster. Um, but, you know, he had done a good year before that. You're right about Kingdom of Heaven. I enjoyed Matchstick Men for what it was. G.I. Jane, 1492. Come <laughs> Louise. So... I don't know. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason probably to what he's making. I'll be curious to see. Um, you know, obviously he has another alien film in the pipeline. Let me see. Hold on. They had a couple of what his next few movies. I just was completely underwhelmed by this and it was it was shocking. Yeah. And it doesn't help that Napoleon is such like a big project that they're like there's been buzz all the way back through stanley kubrick it's like one of the big movies that he was always going to make and never made was uh all of napoleon and this apparently was never designed this was originally going to be called something else other than napoleon because it was supposed to be something more specific about uh he conquered armies for love and it, it, it never was fully realized so i guess his next like, movie which is showing as a 2024 um release is gladiator 2 so yeah that's right which you know napoleon almost in some ways feels like he watched gladiator and thought i wish i'd spent more time with the emperor mm-hmm because it almost has that same uh, energy. A little, you know, if Napoleon would have only had a sister, he would have just been right there with that gladiator yeah. energy. Well, uh, as you can probably tell, Napoleon, not our favorite movie of the year. If you have a spare three hours and are just numb to feeling the pain of poorly conceived films, it might be for you. It certainly uh, was not not among the favorites for me. I'll I'll say there's one thing about I do appreciate movies that have consequence to the violence. 
Um, it's, it's something that we don't get a lot as, of the bulk of movie, big movies, like don't have a lot of that. I don't personally need to see a horse almost get split in half, but I can see the merit that of it being out there. Yeah. Like, and you didn't um, want to see him reach back into the chest and pull the ball oh, out for gosh. his mother. <laughs> Send this to my mother. This is what? for mother. And you're like, what? They really didn't explore enough about his mother either since she was there and like she was just there poking him up with 17 year olds at one point in time but you know can we get up again there just wasn't and one of those guys was supposed to be his brother but i could never tell which one was his they did such a poor job of establishing he's like one of them's his brother i'm not 100 percent which one it is well uh, before we get out of here, there was one other big uh, release this week, and I just want to give it a little shout out because uh, my wife and I saw Disney's Wish, um, a real celebration of 100 years of Disney and of Disney animation. They intended it to be that way. There's a lot of uh, fun Easter eggs in that. I give it a, a big thumbs up. If you saw my review on the site, I gave it four out of five stars. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people that are kind of middle on it. I had a great time. I thought Chris Pine was a lot of fun. Ariana Dubois, uh, who voices the main character, was a lot of fun. Alan Tudjuk is the voice of that. Uh, ends up talking little goat. Um, hilarious. Uh, I liked the original songs. I had a lot of fun with it. That's one that you can go see with your family. Um, there aren't a ton of family-friendly films out right now, unless you're you know, pro-child murder with The Hunger Games or... You know, it looks like the Marvels has almost dropped out of theaters, which is shocking to believe after two weeks. But Wish, um, you know, I, I thought it was a good, solid little film. Uh, fun animated movie. A little bit something different. Hmm. It's the anti-Napoleon. It's also a crisp hour and 40 minutes. So doesn't, oh. yeah, doesn't overstay. It's welcome. Uh, next week, we'll be back. There are a ton of movies that are coming out. We haven't quite decided what we're going to talk about. Uh, maybe end up talking about a few of them because Eric actually, for the first time, I think, you know, in a while might have access to, to more movie options than me. Probably, probably just the one. <laughs> and I will see. It's a big one. It is a yep. big one. But uh, until then, we will see you at the movies. <laughs>